irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Horse Ownership Experience is brought to you by TaylorMade Farm. TaylorMade Stallions, Travis White the best in the business call him at 859-885-3345 to book your mare to midnight storm or california chrome or not this time or mishawish the roster at taylormade stallions is pretty incredible so call him up i'm billy Koch. i'm the founder and managing partner of the little red feather racing club it is tuesday june 4th it is belmont stakes week here on the horse ownership experience and i am joined as always by the Great, excellent commentator, mom, friend, Michelle Yu. Handicapper, Michelle Yu. Thank you, Billy. You're welcome. Um, and you're going to, re- I, I, we're going to talk about the show, but you just told me off air you're going to Redoso this weekend. That sounds fun. I am. I'm so excited to get to go, actually. Um, it w- is the first leg of the Quarter Horse Triple Crown, which is composed of two-year-old races instead of three-year-old races. And it's the Rio Dosa Futurity, the Rainbow Futurity, and then the All-American Futurity. Um, Super fun. So I am so excited to get this opportunity and heading out Um can you, can you give us a winner? Is there is there a, a winner that you could like give out right now? Oh, you I, know I think our... when I okay when I watched the trials, the two that I liked, um, one of them is probably going to end up being like one of the favorites named Good Candy P. But I love a horse that I just looked and was twenty to one on the morning line, and that's a horse named At Attention. At Attention. Okay, look for those in the at Riadoso on the Sunday Riodoso afternoon. Futurity. The Riadoso Futurity. Michelle, you will be there. If any of you are in the Rio Doso area, New Mexico, um, we have a cool show today. We're going to have two guests today, Michelle. Um, awesome. We're going to bring on uh, Lucinda Mandela, who uh, is the head of Karma, which is uh, I sit on the board of directors, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the big Karma hoedown, which is happening the first Sunday night at Del Mar, and then we are going to um, we're going to bring wait, on is the first Sunday of Del Mar. Oh wait. wait. Well, let's see. That, uh, oh, yeah, it is the first Sunday. Yeah. And you know what sucks, Billy? Is like that's the day I'm going to be in Riodosa, too. Oh, no. I know. Can You're we gonna change the You're going to miss the hoedown. No, we can't change the date of the hoedown. <sighs> the hoedown was like the most fun thing last year. I know. Super it fun. It was awesome. Well, and this year, last year we had like a – actually, the band was really good. Last year I did a lot of dancing. Yeah. Um, but this year you guys got like a real 
singer jake parr yeah he sings like over boo oh no that's john party uh he sings but he has like some really good songs yeah and i am so sad well to we're gonna let this. lucinda don't don't give it away because okay. lucinda we're gonna talk to lucinda in like two minutes then we're gonna bring on boyd browning from Facebook tipton and, and uh boyd and his gang are out at santa anita they had the breeze show yesterday with um they call the under tack show for two-year-old and training sales it went off without a hitch and we're gonna talk to boyd about uh what he thinks of the sale why santa anita uh, bringing these this uh, this whole world back to back to Southern California for facing Tipton for the first time. So now, uh, you might be surprised, Billy. I have never been to a Breeze show before. Seriously, Actually, I lied. I've been to the Barretts. Barretts used to do it too. Yeah. Years. You know what? No, I never went to it. I never went to the actual Breeze sale. I've been to the sale part of it, but I've never been to the actual Breeze sale. Okay. Um. So that was my first one. And it had such a good turnout. Great turnout. Uh, and I know, like, everyone was saying, like, oh, most people don't generally turn out like this for the show. But I think that's a positive. Everyone wanted to be there and see how it was going to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to do that. And then we're going to talk about the huge Belmont Stakes card at Belmont, which has it's one, crazy. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight grade ones, seven grade ones. Is it seven or eight? Seven I'm, grade ones. Seven one grade, grade ones. Two. The Belmont, the Manhattan, the Met Mile, the Ogden Phipps, the Acorn, the Just a Game, the Jaipur, the, and the Woody Stevens, all grade ones. We're going to go over those real quick after we talk to Boyd, give our, our preview. There's so many good horses running. It's really you know exciting. What? Even the day before has uh, the True North, which Catalina Cruiser is coming back in. Yes. And also the Belmont Gold Cup Invitational, that two-mile race. Yeah. It's gonna. It's sick. So much fun. All right. Um. Oh, and the New York. It's a grade two $600,000 race. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, Ronan, if you're listening, get Lucinda on the horn. We're going to call Lucinda I, really I quick. I stopped Lucinda and harassed her yesterday. Why? Because I because I told her uh, my I'm in charge of aftercare corner right. and I needed a good aftercare story. So she ended up sitting down with me and we talked for like 20 minutes about like some of the horses that have gone through the program and who placed this last month. Oh, that's that's so great. That I can have aftercare corner, not knowing at the time that you were going to have Ron because we had already had a guest set up and he had an event come up and he couldn't do it. Um, so I think Lucinda's she, on. Now she gets to do it herself. Lucinda, lovely Lucinda. She seems like she's there. Ronan's looking like... I see it on the board, but uh, she's not picking Hello? Oh, there she is. Lucinda Hi, Mandela. Lucinda. Hi. You're on the Hi. Horse Ownership Experience with Billy and Michelle, two of your favorites. Hi. Um, Michelle, How was, are you? We're great. It's a beautiful day. We're having the best time. We have an uh, awesome weekend of racing, but we wanted to bring you on the show quickly because we're really trying to get the karma hoedown going and and raise money for aftercare for our horses so tell us a little bit about it tell us a little bit about what, what happened last year and what we're looking forward to this year well last year billy got a lot of alcohol in him hey why do we have to go there <laughs> why is that the start i mean okay well thanks so much first for having me on and um yeah the hoedown karma cares hoedown for horses version two will be on Sunday, July 21st, um, after the races in the Del Mar paddock. Last year was our first hoedown for horses. We had been doing our poker in paradise um, event for a lot of years and was really just ready to change last year. So went with a country western theme, had a great live country western band and barbecue buffet. And I think the highlight of the evening was Billy's um, mechanical bull riding 
competition with jobs. Yes. The, trainers too, it looked like. So, well, we had we had um, Dick Mandela on a, we had Richie Baltus got on and we had this jockey Bay challenge. Auto, Fuentes Pratt. Yeah, Fuentes was great. I think Fuentes won. But, you know, the best person on the Bulls was actually Ryan Hansen. Ryan was good on the Bulls. Yeah. He can ride a mean bull. So, what, real quick, what can we expect this year? Um, um, what's the date, and, and how do people get involved? Right. So, um, the date is Sunday, July 21st. It is the first Sunday of the Delmar um, race meet. So, everyone will be down there um, enjoying the races. So, it's easy to come. It's right there at the racetrack in the paddock after the last race. Um, and tickets are available now already online. You can go to the Karma website at karma4horses.org and you can buy tickets. There are sponsorship opportunities. If you know you can't come but you want to support the horses, we've got a whole bunch of different ways that you can do sponsorships and underwriting for some of the fun activities that are going to be going on. And that's all on our website. Really easy to find. Give us that website one more time. Sure. Karma, the number four, horses.org. All right. Well, Lucinda, thanks for taking yeah. a little bit of your time today to come discuss it. We will continue My to pitch pleasure. it on our yeah. a- aftercare corner. We do have an aftercare corner on the show that Michelle does at the end of each yeah. show. So, I talk- yeah, I talked to Michelle yesterday. So that's great. Thank you guys for talking about our retired racing stars they're they're doing fun things out there it's it's fun to brag about them it's really cool and and it just real quick we we have another minute before you go just give us the uh, overview of karma um and just what it actually does if you had an elevator pitch for karma just so people understand how important it is so yeah my penny speech is karma is a fundraising charity we raise money and awareness for retired thoroughbreds promoting them um, and also working to help find them second careers because what's great about our thoroughbreds is they are super versatile and can do almost anything. So um, that's what we do. We raise money and we raise awareness. So we love talking about them. We love talking about our events and really appreciate that you guys are sharing some of those stories weekly. Well, we, we especially in the climate where that we are right now, Lou, and you know that, um, we think it's really important that people have... Yeah. Uh, re- responsible owners who take care of their horses after their careers are done. It is important, and it is important to talk about, especially, as you said, in this climate where we're really being examined um, as an industry about what goes on, that you know, there are hundreds and thousands of owners and trainers out there that are responsibly retiring their horses every year, and this industry as a whole, and especially here in California with Karma, has um, really taken the lead in terms of how we retire our thoroughbreds and what we do with them when their racing days are done. Perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. Michelle, are you good? I do want to add, if uh, you can't wait for the Karma Hoedown, or maybe like me, you can't attend, this uh, upcoming weekend at Santa Anita, we do have the Wine Place and Show, which is a day to drink at the racetrack, and it's relatively <laughs> inexpensive, and the proceeds from the wine sales will all go directly to the benefit of Karma. Yeah, we're really lucky. We've got a great partner with Santa Anita, um, and they really support us a lot, and um this event it should be fun it's going to be track sides there's going to be food tastings and wine tastings 
and yeah, they're donating the proceeds to Karma. So we really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you, all the work that you do uh, for our racehorses, and it's nice to know that there are people out there that really do care, and we have to continue to spread the word about aftercare, and especially karma here in Southern California. So thank you, Lucinda. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Thank you. That's Lucinda Mandela from Karma. Lucinda showed me, by the way, on Karma's website that uh, every month they do, like, whoever was in their program, uh, if they got placed that month, they call them a placement program graduate. And so we were just kind of scrolling through looking for, like, a great story. And um, there was a horse named Crazy Uncle Rick, which if you follow Southern California Racing, you know him because he had the wackiest name ever. And he actually just got placed last month with Fresh Start Sport Horses. So that was really exciting for him. He's also, if you like cute noses, he has got the cutest nose. <laughs> I don't know about cute noses, but there, I do know. <laughs> there are a lot of like other, some of us girls on Twitter. And um, it's like the cute nose alert. If there's a horse with like a super cute nose that you just want to like run up and kiss. And Penelope Miller is like super oh, uh, into that. So we always like, if there's a cute horse that walks by, right. we're like hashtag cute nose alert. Send all the cute noses to at own a horse. We'll start our own cute hashtag cute nose, ho- cute horse nose alerts on uh, on our Twitter feed at own a horse. You could tweet the show. Uh, you could tweet Michelle U at the Michelle U at BKLRF, I think is me. I, you know, Michelle, I, I've been doing trying to do more Twitter, and it, it it's it's too much for me. It really is. It's not. It's I'm not so great much at it. Easier than like Instagram. Though. I know, but it's not. It's like the same people over and over again, and I find everybody very angry. That's because it's who you are following. You need to expand your following horizon. So I need to follow more people. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I we know. can try it. All right. You know what we're gonna do now? We are going to have Ronan uh, give a shout out to Boyd Browning from Facebook Tipton. We're gonna get him on. Then Michelle and I will go through the uh, list of the big day at Belmont this Saturday, June 8th. There's Boyd Browning. Welcome, Boyd, Boyd, welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. It's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Good afternoon. Boyd, welcome to Southern California. How has your stay been? Forget about the sale. We could talk about that in a minute. But tell us a a little bit about your your journey in Southern California. How are the restaurants, the weather? What's going on? Well, I think you misled me, Billy, when you said you got to come to South, sunny Southern California, because I've been here three days, and we finally got a little sunshine about 15 minutes ago. So I'm going to blame the weather reports on Billy and his misinformation. Yeah. But, uh, forecast looks great for a beautiful day tomorrow to have a horse sale, and everything's been, been lovely so far. So I'm, uh, I just need to figure out how to spend more time in Southern California last time working but we'll we'll work on that next year absolutely well we're we're very excited to have you tell us a little bit about the the journey back that facing has now made to to southern california how did this um how did this happen well you know i think we've all within the industry have have seen the southern california sales market kind of go through a transitional period of time um and became and had discussions literally off and on for, for a number of years about phasing you know, participating in the market. Uh, and ultimately, the, the, to me, the most important consideration and, and the thing that led us ultimately to, to coming back to California, where we haven't been for over 30 years, was my fervent belief that the, the, the only place that we could have a major and successful long-term two-year-old sale was at Santa Anita. Such a special place. It's such a spectacular facility. Yeah, it's in front of the men and the women that, that are training horses and, and racing horses. It had to be at Santa Anita. There hasn't really never been a possibility until last summer when, uh, with some discussions with Tim Mitlow and some others of the Stronic Group expressed an interest 
uh, had reached out to us and said, hey, think about California. Well, they knew that the folks at Barrett's had, had essentially made a business decision not to continue the sales. And I think everybody within the industry recognized the importance of, of Southern California to the whole North American auction market and, and to the North American racing market. And, you know, we made a business decision to try to be supportive and try to come out here and conduct first-class auctions and, 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 and please with our initial efforts so far. Yeah, so far it's been, I feel like there's definitely a buzz around town. And I think one of the advantages that you did by ha- by having it at Santa Anita was that for the last probably week and a half, all the two-year-olds have had their, their saddle towels on with their numbers on, and they've been galloping, they've been practice breezing, they've been doing all this stuff right in front of the potential buyers. Do you find that it's been an advantage? Well, I think we'll find out for sure tomorrow, but there's just no question that was one of the reasons, and that's one of the advantages that, that Santa Anita made so much sense. Uh, it's, you know, it's where the, the vast majority of horses are stable in Southern California at this time of the year. Uh, the vast majority of trainers are, are here every morning. A lot of owners are out, you know, on a regular basis at Clocker's Corner watching their horses go. So it's just a natural approach to, 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 to bring the kind of the horses to the marketplace and put them in front of the men and women with money, and we, we sure hope that comes to fruition tomorrow. What do you think the target market is for this particular sale? I think that, you know, we have – Pigeonhole, I want to say pigeonhole is not the right word, but, you know, we've kind of tagged some of the other in-training sales with the type of buyers that you'll get. When you sat down and planned and you thought, okay, an early June sale, what were your thoughts at who's going to approach this looking for horses? Well, I, I think, honestly, the target audience is very broad because I think we're going to sell horses at a wide range of prices tomorrow. Uh, I mean, I, I think we'll sell some for under $10,000. And I hope we sell some for, you know, $500,000 potentially upwards. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a wide variety of, of, of buyers and a, and a diverse group of people that will be interested in the sale. I mean, you clearly have the opportunity. You've got some of the, the most high-profile trainers in the world, the most high-profile owners in the world, based here in Southern California. So there certainly should be lots of activity at the upper end of the market. There's a strong representation throughout the catalog of cowbreds, and, and there's – that you know, that program is very, very, very good. There's lots of folks who want to concentrate uh, their efforts on the Calbred program. And I think we're going to see some support from other regions and other you know other racetracks, whether it be from Arizona, whether it be from Minnesota, whether it be from Washington. Some trainers from surrounding states that also are going to come and be active throughout the sales process. So, so we're really you know our goal was to present a, a group of horses that would have a, a broad range of appeal. Not to quote unquote pigeon tell when there's only a boutique sale at the very upper end of the market, but mm-hmm. to have a, a significant appeal at, at very le- various levels throughout the market. Boy, I Bert- did think- oh, sorry, sorry, Michelle. Sorry, Billy. I hate stepping on your toes. I know, I know you. I think you texted me and my phone fell on the floor. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> Go ahead. I just, I just thought it was interesting that I read a couple of different pieces from some of the consigners, and instead of just having, um, you know, original horses that they had bought at, say, a yearling sale or weanling sale and pinhook straight to here. There were even consigners that went out to the last breeze sales and purchased horses to bring them here. Did you see across the board from consigners them trying to change change the mold, the way they do things to bring the horses out here? Well, I, I think it's honestly going to be very difficult to, to make an evaluation from this initial sale uh, because of the, the circumstances that the early months of 2019 in Southern California 
created a level of uncertainty that's probably unseen in, in, in my memory and being involved in the thoroughbred industry for over 30 years. So the, the recruiting standpoint, honestly, was a little bit of a challenging environment this year because of the uncertainty surrounding the marketplace. People are always looking for opportunities uh, to say, hey, you know, this could work or that could work. We may you know, have to think a little bit differently. I think long-term, certainly moving forward, if we have a good, strong sale tomorrow, which I anticipate taking place, I think you'll definitely see some further activity in subsequent years of people shopping the early sales, trying to find horses that may not have been quite ready, that might benefit from a little additional time, or just might have been overlooked. I mean, we all know that there's horses that, that sometimes get overlooked in, in an early sale that, that could be a better day for them somewhere down the road. And I think those are certainly opportunities that will – you know, develop and emerge in future years. Boyd Browning joining us from Facing Tip and the sale is tomorrow, one o'clock at Santa Anita. I believe it's in the paddock, Boyd. Yes, it is. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm literally uh, overlooking the paddock right now. Preparations are taking place. The auction stands in place. Nice. Setting up some televisions and getting getting those those last-minute details kind of organized. Boyd, uh, our show is called The Horse Ownership Experience. We talk about owning horses. We bring a lot of owners on, so this is a little different for us. But could you, just for our listeners, if someone's interested in going to the sale, possibly even bidding on a horse or buying a horse, can you break it down, the process and what they need to do? Because it's not too late, even even at this, even less than 24 hours before it starts. Well, I think certainly, A, it's not too late. Uh, And you know, uh, there's a lot of information available on our website at phasingtipton.com. Uh, uh, we've got folks here on the grounds that can certainly kind of facilitate the process in terms of getting credit set up or making arrangements to bid. But I think that if somebody's interested in getting the game, I think our business is like most endeavors in life. you got to surround yourself with good people. You need to get a good advisors, uh, with whoever it's going to be, whether it's going to be a bloodstock agent, whether it's going to be a trainer. Surround yourself with good people. Do a little bit of homework. Do a little research. Uh, come to a sale tomorrow if you're kind of unfamiliar with the process. You, you may not have to buy, buy something tomorrow, but you may say, man, this is really cool. I met some really nice people. It may whet your appetite for doing something down the road, whether it be on your own or whether it be in a partnership or with a group of friends. Uh, you know, I think that, that education is, is critical, and also surrounding yourself with good people is critical. Perfect. Perfect answer, Boyd. I know you have, don't have a lot of time. We appreciate you coming on. Any horses we can look out for tomorrow that, that uh, might be sales toppers that are kind of exciting? Well, I never go. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. We're happy to represent 169 horses under the catalog, minus the scratches tomorrow. So I sure don't want to distinguish anybody <laughs> or hurt anybody's feelings. I, I narrowed it down to one or two. What I would say is we've got a lot of quality horses in the catalog. I think there's a lot of appeal uh, to, to at a variety of levels, and uh, you know the, the sale is open to the public. Uh, and sure, encourage anybody that might be interested to to attend the sale. If they can't attend the sale, it'll be live streamed on our website. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's exciting to be back in Southern California. Uh, there's, I mean, Santa Anita is a special place, and uh, the racing in Southern California is, is is really tremendous. And it's a great time to be involved in the game with you know increased interest and lots of uh, positive activity with purses and, you know, just encourage folks to to jump in. The experiences you have as an owner of a horse, you really can't, it's hard to put a value on them. It's hard to describe them. The thrill of your horse coming down the lane and and getting to the winter circle. It's, it's, 
it's quite a thrill and quite an experience, and I hope everyone gets to experience it at some point in their lives. Well, we want to wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Thanks for spending the time today. Know how busy you are. Go get them tomorrow. We're all rooting for you. We want a big, successful sale so that you guys come back and do it again next year. Yeah, and Billy, I do believe that, you know, I don't know if you all have, have established it yet, but you all have credit. We'd sure love to see We're looking. We got credit. We're looking. No, listen, Boyd, thank you for everything you do. Boyd is one of those guys that if you don't know, he gets it and, and he really takes care of his own and he and he takes care of us. He takes care of a lot of people. So Boyd, we really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. We'll be out there tomorrow and we'll be rooting for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Boyd. Boyd Browning. Thanks, Boyd. Boyd Browning, that was great. Basic Tipton. Yeah, I thought that was really good, Michelle. I think um, there was a lot of great points in there that he made, and it's really true. If you haven't been to a sale, um, go. Just go out and experience it. All of, you're going to see all well, the people you know. About with people like they're watching the Breeze Show. I mean, there were a ton of people that probably have no mind to even buy a horse, but they wanted to come and watch and see what happened. And um, you know, I think that it's going to be a really fun atmosphere to have the sale in because our paddock area is really lovely. And I know we're going to have some great camera angles for some of the things. So I think it's very cool. Yeah. Do you, um, are you, you guys are looking at some horses, right? We are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, we yep. are. We uh, went and watched all the breezes yesterday and the gallop outs and then went back and shortlisted a little bit last night and rewatched the works that were up. And we're going to go today and check out physicals and then we'll come back and watch the works again. Um, I mean, honestly, at this point of the game, it's not so much like how fast they work. You want to see how they look, you know, that's right. in my opinion anyways. I mean, anyone can well, it's interesting. Fastest, I want I want you to uh, listen. Um, I know the answer to this, but I don't think many of our our listeners might. And that is this: you, you called it the gallop out. Explain why that's important. Well, I mean, to to us, anyways. I want to look at a horse on the gallop out in the works because that's showing that they can go a little farther than the eighth of a mile that they've been timed for. So, you know, we don't have any eighth of a mile races. And while that is a nice indication of how fast a horse can say go, rarely ever in their life are they going to be running, you know, this eighth of a mile like this again. I mean, they're completely geared up to go this, you know, one furlong distance. Um, but when you race, you're going to be going several more. So we want to make sure that that horse is going to finish that work and not just shut down after that eighth of a mile. We want to see them stretching out. We want to see them going around the bottom turn really nicely. Um, we want to see if they're getting tired or not tired because right now we're in June, you know, so if you have a horse that's not even fit enough to say work three eighths, you're behind the eight ball as far as getting two-year-olds ready to go to the races. If you saw something that you thought was going to be able to run soon. So, you know, we want to make sure the horse can gallop out through the turn at least and, and look like it's got enough fitness to do that. And I'm going to say, I, I think all those very valid points, Michelle, and I want to say something to people because we did say, hey, just go out and you can buy a horse. We don't recommend you go out and just bid and buy a horse. Um, there's so <laughs> much that goes, <laughs> well, first get credit, but there's so much that goes into it. You really need to have um, some kind of advisor. And we've talked about this on the show a hundred times. You need to have someone who's a bloodstock professional that can go out and look at confirmation and see what he can and can't deal with, he or she. Um, uh, you need to vet the horse in most cases. I would highly suggest you vet the horse. Um, there are veterinarians around that are scoping, and then they will take x-rays of all the joints to make sure there's no chips. And sometimes, look, sometimes you, even if you vet really, and the horse has a chip... And, and the horse has like x-rays and stuff on file, do you insist that your vet gets freshies, or do you... No. Use what's on the repository. Yeah, we look at the repository. Um, and if we're very serious or we think that we're going to have to spend a lot of money, we might. But um, 
um, I think it's really important because it, I'm not saying don't buy a horse. Like you'll see a horse with a little P1 chip in his ankle. And that horse might be, if he didn't have the P1 chip, a, let's say, $200,000 horse. Now, with the P1 chip that you know either it may or may not bother him, you may have to take it out, but that horse might Mm -hmm. become a $50,000 horse. So there's a lot of value sometimes when a a horse has problems. I mean, that's a a situation that someone that doesn't have a lot of money can absolutely live with that and take care of it. Sure. Uh, A horse that might be a little bit shinny too, you know, they might just leave it in and that $100,000 horse, like you say, just became a $50,000 horse because it's going to do a shin, but you could have him back in training in two months. Easy. Right. So So there's all kinds of different, and I think that's just strategy and that's where your advisors come in. um, And that's why it's really important to talk to people that you trust and have those people on your team. I think it's going to be a great sale. I think there's going to be a lot of buyers out there. We're pin hooking. We have three horses in the sale. Which one? That's the tapature. Oh, he's really cool. He's hip 12. He's a tapature. He breeze 21 and one. It was the fastest quarter mile at the sale. Um, and he's a really, really nice horse. And, and there's some big buyers that are already looking at him. So we're, you know, and people want to say, well, can you top the sale or, you know, how much is he going to go for? And the truth of the matter is you don't, you don't know. know, you don't know. Um, all it takes is one little thing to throw one guy off and another guy off. And, and, and then if someone thinks like all the, all these people are looking and then like no one's bidding for one reason, you know, right. like everyone would be like, well, what am I missing? What am I missing? And right. they'll all just back off. <laughs> exactly. It's very, it happens all the time. It is an auction. Um, and you just do, you can, you can feel good about yourself and we feel good about this particular cult, but you just don't know what's going to happen until they go through that ring. You, you just don't. Um, so thank you to Boyd for coming on, Michelle, let's move into it. Cause we, we still yes. have, we have a little time. We did Boyd, we did, uh, Lucinda, and now we can talk about all these amazing grade ones and d- just mind everybody who's listening. We don't have PPs. They have not drawn yet. I think they're the draws tonight. So we're going to do the best we can with what we have. Um, you know, even in the, the grade one, Woody Stevens, I don't have a lot of probables. I have mind control. I have Wendell Fong. Um, do you have more in the Woody Stevens? Oh my gosh. My computer just froze. Oh no. Well, um, that happens on the show all the time. The... I'm just going from that list I sent you earlier. Mucho Gusto. Mucho Gusto Maybe. possibly. Yes. Which he's already gone back there. Um, so there, uh, we can start with the acorn. Okay. Um, I do think. It. Well, what about, uh, why can't we so just go in? The Phillies and the yeah. Kentucky Oaks winner is going to run back in that race. Oh, Serengeti Epress. Yes. Oh, that's she very exciting. to be there for sure. And then Michael McCarthy um, said that when he was on Tom Quigley's show that he's going to bring Cece there. Wow. Um, and she broke her maiden at first asking for Bo Hirsch, and then she got narrowly beaten like an, uh, like an optional 40 non-winners of one, I think, um, by Lady Ninja. And, but it was narrow and it was her first time versus winners and her first time long. I mean, there were so many things she was up against. I think she ran really well. Um, Cookie Dough is going to run and Fancy Dress Party, who just won a greatest day at Keeneland last out for LNJ Foxwood. And she is gorgeous and. Does she have a cute leech. nose? Uh, she's got a whole cute body. <laughs> she's got a cute I mean, body. Serengeti Empress, obviously the ho- horse to beat off that. Right. And the acorn is one turn, I believe. One turn mile. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be. That's going to be, to me, a key race for Serengeti Empress because we know she gets the distance. The little bit of cutback is not going to hurt her. She's so fast. Look how she held on going nine furlongs. I mean, holding on going a mile is kind of like a no-brainer. That being said, Big Sandy is Big Sandy, and not working over the track could be detrimental. It is a very different racing surface, and horses either love it or they hate it. You don't find a lot of horses that just are like, eh. Right. Right? They either love Um, it or hate it. It is Big Sandy. The um, Jiper is on the undercard 
Um, so that is World of Trouble, who has, I think he's won like. He is really, really, really fast. <laughs> uh, he he's looking good. How and can someone beat him? How can someone ship. beat? How can someone beat World of Trouble? Who? Anybody? Uh, Bound for nowhere. I mean, disco I'm partner. Sure everyone's beatable, right? Yeah, he looks pretty tough to me. I mean, I feel like he's kind of beat everyone in there already. Right. There's no new shooters. Um, Belvar Bay is going to come, but she got beat against Phillies last time here. Um, but you get second off Dubai, so she might be able to bounce back. Okay. All right. Um, just the game, which is one of my favorite races. These are all, year. but wait, let me stop you, Michelle. These are all grade one. This, the, one long, yeah. the just the game is 700,000. These are, these are giant purses. Uh, so rushing fall who only wins grade ones at Keeneland is, is going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, but she hasn't, this Run is no easy. Is gonna step up, um, step up into there, and she's won like two stakes for Brad Cox. Yep. Um, got Stormy. Daddy is a legend. The way I am, all from the Chad Brown barn. What about and Precious? I think Chad Brown's gonna run like eight horses, pretty much. Chad Brown has a lot of very good turf horses, and uh, male and female. So I would not be surprised to see a Chad Brown horse win this race. I'm just gonna go out on a limb there. Oh, that's a huge limb. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Um, okay. I'm, I have a hot take coming. I have a hot take coming. Oh, yeah. The grade one Manhattan, um, bricks and mortar is expected. He's already won the Pegasus and he just won another race. What did he win? He won the, on, um, der- he won on Woodford, Derby day. Right? Yeah. He won yeah, on Derby day. Woodford. That's a great lineup. And, and by the way, Chad Brown has like eight in here also. Robert Bruce, yeah. Raging Bull, uh, Olympico, and uh, Channel Maker. Channel Maker gonna, for Bill Mott. He just won the Man of War. Yes. He just won the Man of War. Um, Arclo, possibly. And Corban, who finished second to Bricks and Mortar. I kind of like Corban. Okay. Karen I McLaughlin. Like okay. Rachel That's not my hot take. Um, the Ogden Fit. Oh, no, the Met. So the Met, I think, is going to be like the best race on the card. Okay. Go personally. through them. Go through them. Okay. It's going to have Thunder Snow, who's cutting back in distance, right? Um, yeah. He's already at Belmont in quarantine right now. He's a two-time winner of the Dubai World Cup. He's run first or second and I think, 11 grade ones, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, it's going to and Wait, be... can I stop you? Sure. Because people think Thunder did the, the sloppy track and just decided life. not he's to run. Life right then. I mean, really, but what a, what a story of redemption for Thunder Snow. Right. Uh, it's, I, I really always kind of root for him. Do you? Yeah, yeah, Pretty but this sure. race has this race has a ton of early gas. You have okay, so Mackenzie's also shortening up. But right, he I feel like this is like an ideal distance for him. I think Mackenzie's a better miler than he is a route horse. And right? he was brilliant at Churchill Downs. And then Matoli, who is like the fastest sprinter around, so he's going to be stretching out. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting. And then um, Cold Front and Frenzy Fire are both like set milers. Cold Front just won the mile race in Dubai. Yeah. So, to me, that is an excellent um, lineup. I mean, I think that there, I think Pavel might, might even come. Promises fulfilled. Promises fulfilled. It's $1.2 um, $1. million grade one run happy met. It is, the, it is a great Met, race. The Met Mile is like a stallion maker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, okay. So let's let's make a pick here. Okay. You make a pick. You make a pick. You make a pick first, because I won't take your horse. I already no, got. I want you to pick first. You want me to take first? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take Mackenzie. Okay. I'm gonna take Mackenzie. So gonna take. I will take. I'm gonna take Thunder Snow. Really. 
I don't think he really wants to go the mile, but I'm going to take him anyways. Okay. I'm going to take McKenzie. Mostly because I'm not in love with Cole Front, and I mean, I'll take Matoli. Matoli's a good one. So we'll go Matoli versus McKenzie. Matoli versus McKenzie. Okay. Yep. I like that. Okay. okay. I think Matoli is the fastest sprinter around right now. What? Oh, for sure. He's unbelievable. And so he won at 7 ace. He hadn't won at 7 ace, and he won at 7 ace. So. Impressively. Yeah. He did look tired to me. Absolutely. Okay. okay. O- o- grade was, one, $700,000 Ogden Phipps. Mm-hmm. And Midnight Bizu. Big favorite. Um, she just won the Apple Blossom. Beat Escape Claws by a nose, who is Which back. Was an awesome race. Amazing race. Electric and Forest. She'll line up. Let's be honest. We only want to see Escape Claws and Midnight Bizu throw down, right? Okay, I'm going to tell you something. This is my hot take. I'm, okay. pi- I'm giving you the winner of this you race. Even wait, right? I'm giving you the winner of this race. Ready? Okay. Come dancing. Okay. If she runs, she has been a she has been an absolute monster back east. I think she's under the radar. I think a lot of the money is going to 114 buyer speed figure. Yeah, she's really something, and she's really fast. And I just I think this is my hot take. This is my play of the day. Come dancing in the Ogden. You're not going to run your filly then. Secret spies. Yeah. No, we're running in the uh, Clement Hirsch. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do think that Spice Perfection and Electric Forest are also listed as possibles. And Pacific Wind, I think. I have okay. one. Okay. Um, the Woody Stevens, Mind Control. Yeah, we talked much, about that. Much better, yeah. yeah. Rowayton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and My, then the Belmont, of course. Yeah, no, it's funny, though. I think, it's isn't it kind the of Belmont's weird? The, the worst race on the card. <laughs> not the worst, but, like, it is it is strange. Like, I don't give... Oh, my mom loves Midnight BC. She's texting me. Of course. She's... Hold on. Um, I, the, the Belmont stakes is just without the triple crown. I hate to say it. It's still the Belmont. It's 1.5 million. It's the Belmont. It's one of the presti- most prestigious races in America. Um, but I think it's kind of like a, I feel like it's two horse race. I feel like it's a war of will and Tacitus, Michelle. Like, who do you, who, is there anybody else you see winning? Um, well, I mean, master fencer got a lot of buzz about him. So, you know, when, remember when Lonnie was here and he got a ton of buzz and he ran on really well. So I think there's a spot for him. Okay. I mean, Everfast closed really great in the Preakness to think that the more ground is going to help him out. Right. Was that the horse on the rail? Yeah. With Rosario? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and then I think that bourbon war and spinoff will end up being like wise guy type horses okay all right so i think that there's like five horses that while you don't put them on top like they're gonna get buzz and attention i can see that i'll give you that okay i'll give you that um i was thinking today on my way here it when you say the belmont what what is your favorite belmont it, what, like what comes into your mind? See, we don't prep. What we comes don't pl- into my mind? The yeah. first thing that comes into my mind is rags to riches. Really? I um, watched that the other day. Now, for those of you who don't know. It's just because it was like so like historic and like I rem- I just vividly remember watching it. Now, that's not to say that was my favorite one. It just like jumps into my mind with like what was the first one. Obviously, American Pharaoh winning was a great one. But like to me, it wasn't like a challenging race like it wasn't a question of is he gonna win or is he not you know yes i agree with that and i was there um, for that and it was a it was an amazing experience it was our our show is called the horse ownership experience and that was one of my top five horse racing experiences right. of all time uh um, easygoer and sunday silence is probably one of my favorites oh god I, you know what's so funny i didn't even i didn't even think of that and i watched it the other day 
Um, Union no. Rags was very no. fulfilling for me I, because I liked Union Rags and I watched him get beat in like all these races and right. I, he finally won. Okay. Keep going. I like this. This is almost like a rank. I want to rank them. Top five. Okay. I mean, where do you put Secretariat? Because that has to be... Well... That that's has, like that's the like iconic. One, but it's not even fair, right? It's like there's no race like Secretariat's Belmont. Can you give the stretch call? And down the steps they come. It's Secretariat by 10. It's Secretariat by 12. He's almost a 16th of a mile in front of the rest of the field. No, that's... Secretariat is moving like, like a, a tremendous... Race. No, he said, Secretariat is moving like a tremendous machine. That was my favorite call. That was... Well, I, lo- I like it when he like he says, he's almost a 16th of a mile in front of the rest of the field. Like, it's a complete, like, question That was amazing. says that, like, where is everybody that's the most iconic one but what about i got i got one i got it was a going for a triple crown i got one that really always stuck with me okay there's two that you didn't mention and one of them the horse won the triple crown and the other one the horse didn't win the triple crown can you hear that when i play that no i can't hear it could you hear that no no you can't no Oh, I was trying to play the Secretariat race oh, call oh. on YouTube, but that my thing would pick it up. Oh no! Okay. Um, all right, so that's my trivia question for you. There's my two of my iconic Belmonts. Seattle Slough. No, I love Seattle Slough, but no. Seattle Slough affirmed. Either one of those. Affirmed Alidar. Okay. When affirmed when Alidar when no no when Alidar when when Alidar they went head and head for literally like a half a mile was one of the greatest. No, one of them lost the Triple Crown. It was a horse going for the Triple Crown that lost. Was it real quiet? Yes. <laughs> that, I mean, that race, he had that race. Victory Gallop, Kent DeSormo comes and nails. I uh, am sure I've watched that. I have watched that race a hundred times. I am sure, 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 real quiet won that you race. You still think he won? No, yeah, I, I mean, watch it. really? I I am a thousand percent positive. Do you do you remember the Tom Durkin's call from that one? No, I don't. He said he said something to the extent though, like this uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, and this one's worth five million (laughs) dollars. It's awesome. It was awesome. Well, Belmont Stakes Day is going to be huge. Michelle, what is uh, what's happening at Santa Anita this weekend? And we didn't Uh, even do a, a race recap from last weekend. I know. Well, to be fair, there weren't a ton of real like races this weekend it yeah. was the arlington matron coach whip the penine ridge demarchelier which was actually a price chad brown horse the pen mile which i think has gone down in prominence a little bit the santa maria where paradise woods fell fell down and mike smith gave her a crappy ride in the horse beater and then lady well, wait, wait a, a second in the honeymoon <laughs> and i thought neptune storm was impressive in the cinema for my man richie baltus well, that wasn't upgraded but yeah he did look good what um <laughs> go back to paradise woods for a minute i mean she stumbles at the start she's done that before what did you think mike should have done taking her outside just take her outside and do what? I mean, there was a three three different instances I thought he should have taken her outside. And instead, he, like, put her in behind horses, and then she was, like, a little rank. And then he checked her a little bit. And, like, I thought we learned in the last race, like, she likes to be free-flowing. And I just thought it wasn't the best Mike Smith ride I've ever seen. Is it me, or is she the type of filly, though, or mare, that, that just likes to have everything her own way? Yeah, she does. Yeah. And, but one of the things is she's massive, and I don't think she appreciates being forced into, like, a the shorter stride, like... 
you know, if you're like a really great law, if Usain Bolt is running along, you don't want uh, <laughs> Olivia right next to you and he has to like keep up with Olivia, you know? Yeah, that'd be bad. No, that, I don't think Olivia and Usain Bolt make it. Or you how like Num Num my goat moves. Like, oh, I've seen Num Num. <laughs> I've seen, I don't want to see a lot of Num Num anymore. Um, yeah. All right, Michelle, what do we have coming up this weekend? Uh, coming up at Santa Anita, I mentioned the Wine Place Show, and that is $40, and that includes eight samplings, uh, a souvenir wine glass, a $5 betting voucher, clubhouse admission, a racing program, a tip sheet, and access to the grandstand, as well as trackside seating. And then there's also food there for purchase, including a Bavarian pretzel, which is like amazing. bigger. Than, it's like as big as my boobs. Yeah, they're it's so huge. good. It's Listen. Um, Four cheese macaroni, Mediterranean chicken skewers, <laughs> beef and bean chili nachos, and a chili cheese hot dog. I just went right past that. Thing. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then uh, Saturday is, for, by the way, first post is noon that day, which is off the norm. Um, there's also going to be a band, Brett Bollinger and the Bad Habits, after the races. And that was really fun last week or two weeks ago. We had an after party and it was awesome. And then Sunday is the Desert Coat Stakes. And you will be going to Rio Doso. Um, Come to, come to the sale tomorrow. If you're listening and you you want to do something fun, come to the sale. It starts at 1 o'clock. It's the Facing Tipton Santa Anita Tier on Training Sale. It happens at 1 o'clock again, Pacific, in the paddock at Santa Anita. Admission is free. I'm sure they'll have food and drink around, and you'll really get a taste of, of what a, a thoroughbred auction is all about. Facing Tipton does a great job. Boyd Browning came on the show today. Thank you, Boyd. Thank you to Lucinda Mandela. Told us some people. Oh, by the yeah. way, you know, last week I posted a, a Twitter poll about like what keeps people from owning horses. And yes. the number one thing was cost. Cost. And a lot of people stepped up and were like, um, you know, partnerships and like why they love theirs and we actually got a new owner a gentleman i had mentioned my racehorse and a horse that i liked of theirs that they own in partnership with slam dunk and he went and bought a couple shares of a my racehorse well there you go look at so us we got a new we're owner. bringing new owners into the game we need them to come to little red feathers what we need if you Lawrence want ryan we yeah. need to have a partnership here too <laughs> quiet <laughs> um billy at littleredfeather.com is my email uh twitter uh at own a horse at the michelle U at bklrf guys have a great week good luck to all who's playing that amazing card at belmont and um special thanks to our sponsor santa anita oh, del mar yeah um and taylor made stallions i'm gonna just go with war will okay. i like him i'm just gonna think he rolls through because you know what it would be did you see mark cassie come out this morning and what he said yeah. yeah, we'll meet you at the Travers. Yeah, we're he not, said, gonna we're not going to the Haskell for uh, that. Would be amazing if we could get a Travers with maximum security and more of will to kind of what I'll call settle the score. <laughs> but I mean, it, but listen, Michelle, if War of Will wins the Belmont, don't you kind of have to look at that Derby and say what would have been? Could he? You know, I mean that that he we might have just taken away a triple crown winner. So I just think it's it's good for the sport to have people talking. So let's keep talking. Come to the auction tomorrow. Come to Santa Anita this weekend, and we're right around the corner from our Saratoga Del Mar preview show where Michelle and I battle uh, to decide which place is actually better. And Saratoga wins every year. Yeah, it does. Oh. All right, Michelle, have a great trip uh, to Rio Doso, and we'll see everybody here next Tuesday on the Horse Ownership Experience. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile.
Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm.